Hello oh, there. there. Welcome to the final episode of Season 5 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. This is Episode 45. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I am Salacious B. Rum. No, I'm Jacob. Just he pulled it on me. He pulled it on me this time. I pulled the Uno reverse card. <laughs> no, you. Um. Anyway, so... um. In our season finales, if you don't know, we usually like to go through the uh, what we covered and talk about our overall thoughts, and that's what we're going to do for season two of Star Wars The Clone Wars Day, um, yes, minus a couple of episodes because um, we didn't watch... We because haven't watched, Because we <laughs> haven't watched Senate Murders because Chronology, and we already watched Cat and Mouse with season one because Chronology. Um, yeah, but let's talk about the overall thoughts for this season in comparison to one and what the season does for the clone wars jacob why don't you take us away on this one all right yeah so some of my overall thoughts um you know i think that the number one thing that comes to my mind if i had to describe season two in one sentence maybe it would be like it's just like season one but it's just kicked up a notch you know that's exactly in, in what so I'd many say. ways it's just like it's not very it's not a lot but they're definitely kicking it up a notch you know I don't think the animation um, changed or, or really improved as much as I expected it to this season, um, but that wasn't a huge gripe for me. Um, and like we, get, we get a little bit rain. more mature themes. Yeah, we get some more mature themes, definitely, like Brain Invaders, for example. We get some pretty intense moments and storylines. Um, but I, I just think overall, you know, as a season, it feels it feels kind of scattered and it almost feels less consistent and more all over the place. At least from yeah. my perspective, than season one does, but it definitely delivers a lot of classic episodes, so I'm not complaining. It's definitely look. It's definitely a better season than season one overall. It has better episodes, in my opinion. Um, I've been I was ranking all of these stuff. We're gonna show about our rankings. Season two episodes dominate the higher rankings, and there are a lot of season one episodes in the lower rankings. That shouldn't be a surprise. I will say my favorite episode of the Clone Wars comes from season two. And my least favorite episode of The Clone Wars comes from season two. So that says a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting because I think that we might have out, we might have opposite perspectives because I think that although the overall baseline for the quality of the episodes and for what they deliver feels like season two definitely raised the bar, I feel that overall, I think, at least for me, I find that I have a lot more affection for some of the episodes from season one and although season two does have a few in my opinion i mean it has many classic episodes but for me at least i think there are fewer episodes in season two that truly stuck with me than season one which oh, surprised me when i was when i was thinking about this i mean yeah obviously it's it's a it's a very it's very subjective you know which ones you like and which ones yeah. you don't but i i want to put that out there you know it was a i was surprised by that yeah, no, I, 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 I would disagree with that. I think there are a lot of more stuff that sticks with me. But let's go, because we can't avoid talking about this any longer. Let's talk about rankings. So Jacob and I did a uh, separate ranking for Season 1 of Star Wars, uh, The Clone Wars. So Jacob, why don't you go bottom to top and talk about your list? Don't, don't give thoughts, just go, through, go bottom to top number, I think that's 20 to number 1. There, this is a rank out of 20, because there are 20 episodes in this season. I mean, not really right. twenty, but like 
20 we watched. Okay, go ahead, Jacob. Let's do it. So, you want me to go from bottom to top? Yes. In my number 20th spot, last place, unfortunately, it was Bounty Hunters. In number 19, Holocron Heist. In 18th, for me, the Zillow Beast. 17, R2 Come Home. 16th was the Zillow Beast Strikes Back, or as my autocorrect would like to say, the Zillion Beast Strikes Back. In 15, Senate Spy. And in 14th, Death Trap. In 13th, Voyage of Temptation. And uh, this is where the episodes kind of, for me, go from ambivalent to really positive. In 12th, Lethal Trackdown. In 11th, Children of the Force. 10th spot went to Brain Invaders for me. The 9th place spot went to Duchess of Mandalore. In 8th, I had the Mandalore plot. In 7th, I had Lightsaber Lost. In 6th, I had Cargo of Doom. I like that one a lot. In 5th, I had Grievous Intrigue. In 4th, Landing at Point Rain. In 2nd, or in 3rd, Legacy of Terror. In 2nd, Weapons Factory. And in 1st, Eli, you're going to like this, The Deserter. Okay, let me read you my list, which is almost radically different in every single way. Big surprise. We uh, Jacob and I are in a galaxy are very similar in Star Wars taste. Oh wait, um, okay. Oh, wait. Here, oh, wait. here we go. <laughs> here we go. Number twenty in no shock to you, I'm sure, Jacob. Number twenty, Brain Invaders. Number nineteen, Legacy of Terror. Number eighteen, Senate Spy. Number seventeen, Cargo of Doom. Number sixteen, Landing at Point Rain. Number fifteen, Duchess of Mandalore. Number fourteen, Death Trap. Number 13, Holocron Heist. Number 12, Weapons Factory. Number 11, Voyage of Temptation. Number 10, Children of the Force. Number 9, Lightsaber Lost. Number 8, R2 Come Home. Number 7, The Mandalore Plot. Number 6, Grievous Intrigue. Number 5, The Zillow Beast. Number 4, Lethal Trackdown. Number 3, The Zillow Beast Strikes Back. Number two, Bounty Hunters. And in a surprise to absolutely no one, number one, The Deserter. So mm, Solid list. I'm very surprised. Yeah, we definitely uh, we differed there quite a bit. Um, yeah. Should you want to go through, maybe compare notes? Yeah. So we have these lists pulled up right now. Let's talk about two episodes that determine our list. I want to talk about Bounty Hunters and Legacy of Terror. Yes. Because Bounty Hunters on my list is number two. On Jacob's, it's dead last. On Jacob's list, Legacy of Terror is number three. And on my list, Legacy of Terror is second to last. Should we uh, we talk about uh, Bounty Hunters first? Yeah. This is nostalgia for me. This is nostalgia for me. It's the number two. A lot of it is nostalgia. I've watched this episode the the most times I've watched any episode on this list. And... It's always stuck with me. I always love Embo and uh, Sugi and Serapis's characters. Um, I really, I'm, I'm so interested by the themes, the very, of course, Kurosawa themes in these episodes because it was dedicated to him because, of course, the whole Simon Samurai parallels. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really love, I love the repeating themes in this episode. That's what I'll say about Bounty Hunters. Jacob, why did you place Bounty Hunters so low? I thought that as far as the themes went that it that it portrayed, I thought that it, it felt 
pretty undercooked, and I thought it could have done a lot more. Also, I thought that the um, the whole question that they were kind of posing about the Jedi and getting involved, it just felt a little bit tired and a little bit own death, considering the fact that, you know, they, they were juxtaposing it against these bounty hunters, and it just didn't really work for me. So I think that's why it kind of plays slow, and it, the whole thing just felt a tad... Uh, a tad um cliche. Plus, you know, I, I hate to see uh I hate to see uh my boy Hondo take a loss. So it was it was a hard watch for me. But yeah. Um Hondo or no Hondo, it, it just it just didn't really do it for me. But okay, I can see why uh, I can see why you might have liked it, you know. Yeah. It's a nostalgia thing a lot for me. Let's talk about yeah. Legacy of Terror. Alright. Legacy of Terror. Um, I guess I'll go first since I yeah. like this one. Yeah. I put it at number three because, man, the the feeling that I got from that episode was kind of unmatched through the throughout the rest of the season. Just the kind of the um, just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Just kind of not not really horror, but just so much suspense, so much anticipation. Just the the feelings of um constantly having the rug pulled out from under you in terms of what you think is going to happen and what you think is possible. And just the, 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 the way that it feels like you're constantly just having these layers of anticipation and layers of, of fear and mystery being peeled back, like, like layers on an onion. Ogres have layers. Um, I, I really just, I love that about this. And, you know, I think I'd, I would have placed it higher, but I think that Karina the Great for me was kind of underwhelming. The, the way she ended up just speaking English and was just kind of a screechy voice and she wasn't really that uh wasn't really that scary. But um yeah, I I I, I love the I loved like the mystery aspect of it. Like from the very moment they set foot inside the Progate temple, I was like, I have goosebumps. This is a very special episode, at least for me. Yeah. For me so, this what, what episode boils down to one thing. There's only so much you can get me to care about Geonosis. Because it just gets irradiated pretty much in the end. It's it's like it's like, you know, landing at Point Rain is really interesting. And again, I think I have a positive opinion about more of these episodes than Jacob does. Um, because I think you said around eleven or twelve is when they start getting positive for you. Yeah. I Number think it nineteen might be even is oh, when wow, it yeah. gets positive for me. I like all of these 19 episodes to varying degrees. Brain Invaders is really the only one I dislike of all of them. Um, but Legacy of Terror, it's like, we've done the Point Rain stuff. That's interesting, you know, we're being outnumbered. The Geonosians are smarter than we thought they were. Weapons Factory is good because of the themes and the, and the you know, the uh, teamwork and the letting go. That's all, all interesting. Legacy of Terror is an interesting episode, and I like the ideas of how the Geonosians are trying to reconstruct themselves after their losses at the first battle of Geonosis. It's just like, I don't really care anymore. It's like, I can't really find good enough reasons to care about Geonosis anymore. It's, it, 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 I feel like my reaction to this feels like a lot of people's reactions about Palpatine in The Rise of Skywalker. Well, I know a lot of people are like, Palpatine, really, again? And I was like, Geonosis, really? Again? It's like, let's do something new now. You know, let's do something interesting and creative and weird. That's why, actually, jumping ahead to another point I want to make, the Zillow Beast episodes are so high for me. The Zillow Beast is weird. The Zillow Beast goes to places 
Yeah. Legacy of Terror um, doesn't for me. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I uh Yeah. I see why you like it though, you know. I, I can I may I may not sympathize with your point of view, but I certainly empathize with the feeling of yeah. um wanting something different and feeling as though you're not you're not getting that. Yeah. Also let's talk about the Zilla Beast. I'll go back to that. Why are they so low on your list? Okay, the Zilla Beast. How about wait, how about you go first since we're going okay. positive first? I already kinda wait, mentioned so, it. Yeah, um, you were the Zilla Beast. What what ranking did you put them in? Pretty uh, high up, right? Strikes back at three, uh, first one at five, and you put and strikes was... back at sixteen, and regular beast at seventeen. I know at eighteen. Yeah, I like it's it's another nostalgia thing. I've watched these episodes a couple uh, feels like a couple dozen times, but I like the creativity. I really like the you know it's like um, we've never seen Malastare, we've never seen Godzilla in Star Wars. I like how it's not just regular Godzilla. It's like Godzilla with a point. You know what I mean? It's Godzilla with moral consequences. Um, I I really am interested in that, um, and I and that is why I love the Zilla Beast episodes. Yeah, I think maybe I was a little harsh on them because you no, know, I think there were definitely aspects of them that I liked, but overall it just felt kind of tainted. I want to say by the way that. You know, like many things in the Clone Wars, over it all stands Palpatine's long shadow. And I think that nowhere was this more apparent than here. I just felt that the, the I don't know, the way that they implemented him into it, it, it left me both wanting more from him and also not wanting him to be involved. It feels as though they just kind of used him as a way to up the stakes without really trying. Just by, just by, it felt like they were just kind of like waving Palpatine around like a baseball bat, like you're trying to threaten someone with a baseball bat, you know, like, oh, it's Palpatine, you know, what, what's he going to do? He has a lust for power, what's he going to do? And I feel like he didn't do enough to justify, He didn't. they didn't really act on that, I guess is what I'm saying. So I think that these episodes would be a lot higher up on my list if Palpatine didn't really factor in, because I feel that the way Palpatine was kind of standing there in a narrative, not literally standing there, but in a narrative sense, just kind of standing in the back the whole time, trying to add this kind of element of urgency. Um, it just didn't really work for me. It, it it felt like it distracted from the main goal, and it added almost this element of artificiality because you knew because you know that Palpatine's pulling all the strings anyways. And it would have been more interesting, from my opinion, if we'd got to see what happened if if no one was pulling the strings and it was just playing out. Interesting. I actually disagree because, um, on that point because I think Palpatine, in that episode, he wasn't pulling the strings, really. Like, he was trying as hard as he could, but it wasn't within the few situations where he really wasn't in control. And that utterly fascinates me. Um, but I, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, I definitely see where you're coming from on the whole. Yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else you want to talk about on this list? Um, Let's see. I remember there were some uh, there were some pretty big uh, discrepancies between the two. Yeah, mostly One there were we had... with Geonosis and Zillow Beast. It feels like. Yeah, we kind of touched on those. I think. Um, yeah. What else? I think Holocron Heist was one that was a big difference. I can't see. It's it's thirteen on my list. It's nineteen on yours. Yeah, I mean, it's not that much of a difference. Um, Grievous Intrigue, that was very similar, actually. Yeah, Grievous Intrigue was one slot higher um, on your list. Um, 
I'm interested to hear, I guess, from your perspective, I guess we heard a little bit about this, but how, why, or why is um, Cargo of Doom so far down your list? Because it all takes place on a ship. How, what do you mean by that? It, the entire like, episode takes place in space on a ship, and that doesn't draw really. me. What? Mm, okay, that's fair. And that I, guess that's what, I guess that's part of what li- I liked about it. So yeah, that's fair. It's yeah. like Cat and Mouse for for season one. Cat and Mouse is fifth to last on mine, and it's like it's like tenth on oh, yeah, yours. Right. Because I can't stand episodes that just take place on a ship. I find it a little unimaginative. Um, Personally, I love it. I love when they can kind of put yeah. all the story that they need into a a small little environment but yeah i I get where you're i get where you're coming from one other Um, one i want to touch upon before we move on from this let's talk about duchess of mandalore Ooh, it's number nine on your list it's number 15 on mine which is not huge but it's pretty big what'd you like about it so much i like that it just felt like a breath of fresh air after um the way that i felt this kind of i feel like every season at least from season two on just kind of has a oh here we go here it's time for mandalore you know like every season there's kind of yeah. a mid to late season uh, mandalore arc and except kind of for si- except for six from this point onward mandalore except for six yeah but you know you get you get two yeah. three four five like it's it's, it's a solid two three four five seven yeah so it's mo- most of them most of them yeah. and i thought that this was by far the weakest of any of the mandalore arcs but i oh, feel that um great. I feel that the um, the Duchess of Mandalore was for me, but I think I put the Mandalore plot on top of the Duchess of Mandalore. Indeed, you did. But I put Duchess of I, and I put Mandalore plot above Mandalore plot and Duchess of Mandalore for both of yours. But I put Duchess of Mandalore quite lower. You know, I just think that um, I I I enjoyed kind of seeing Satine's very good horrible. No good, bad day. I think, it, I think it kind of really added a lot of dimension to her character, especially immediately following an episode where she was completely kind of in control the whole time. Um, it's interesting because I feel the exact opposite, believe it or not. I feel like the so. no, no good, horrible, very bad day. In the same way you dislike Palpatine in the Zillaby stuff, I feel like they just kind of, it becomes a little bit too much sometimes. They're like, oh, and we're going to add this to Satine's bad day. Oh, and now we're going to mm. add this. And now she's blamed for a murder that she obviously did not commit. Oh, wait, and now this is going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like they're tra- they're constantly just finding new ways to make Satine's day worse. And it's just like, come on already, really? Yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think that um, from my perspective, I, I liked it also because looking at Palpatine here, this is one of the few times he actually creates, I mean, obviously he's a huge propagandist, but this is one of the few times, at least in the Clone Wars, at this point in time, that he actually creates propaganda directly and, like, lies to the Senate. This is one of the few times when he doesn't just twist the truth or he doesn't just manipulate things so that other people, like, look super mad just by their own actions because of the way he's set things up. This is one of the few times I feel like when he actually introduces something into the mix directly. So I think that it's, it's kind of remarkable for that alone. Um, um, 
and and I I really like that about yeah. it. And one okay. other thing I want to talk about, how about how about landing at Point Rain? I'm interested to hear your take. It's it's with um, I just didn't find the the Geonosis arc as inspiring as you did. That's just that's yeah, really. I it. think I got to rant about the Geonosis arc for a minute now because you know I think this is where we differ, and yeah. and your Geonosis is my Zilla beast. Yeah, I would say that. You know, I think for me at least, this is the the. The Geonosis arc for me is it's probably my favorite part of this season by far. Um, um, it's it's an absolute classic to me. I think um, it's quintessential Clone Wars, and it's one of the few times in the Clone Wars, like surprisingly few, few, when we actually get like the huge, like gigantic scale battles and just get to see like all out warfare, just carnage, droids and clones jedi and more droids i guess just just completely going at it yeah and i think that that's something that uh despite the clone wars and despite the the setting we actually don't see as much of it as as you as you might think if you just think of the show off the top of your head and I actually so i think, think it's that's... cool just to have a full-on military battle once in a while and i think that this is one of the very best and i think that's why you and i differ because i don't like that as much yeah yeah, totally. I was watching. I was rewatching for uh, trivia purposes um, recently. Umbara. Man, let me tell mm. you, I was bored with that arc until the fourth episode came. What? Yeah, <laughs> wasn't wasn't doing it for me. Um, and I totally get why you love it. And I totally get why so many people love it. It just wasn't doing it for me. Um, I'm yeah, not gonna totally. lie to you. Uh, I I like the more interpersonal arcs. I like the arcs that get outside of the war. Um, that's why Zillow Beast I love so much. That's why you love yeah. Zillow Beast, yeah. Yeah, uh, I get it's it's really yeah. It this these two lists more than anything for me, um, undertone Jacob my tastes in Star Wars because oh absolutely because I like the 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 stuff outside of the war the the personal stuff. Jacob's like vehicles, sure. Battles, sure. Okay, I mean that's on maybe that's not how I would uh. I would categorize, and I'm not saying that's entirely. a bad thing either. It's just I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying I, I don't love. I love the, I love the more, the more, uh, more calm stories, the more uh, subtle things too. You know, not everything has to be a raging conflict. But you know, yeah. I was just saying that uh, just this once. I think it's like, um, it's like that meme. Forgive me, my master. I'll have to go all out just this once. It felt like it felt like the animators were saying to Filoni on this um and this arc just let us go all out just this once Ma maximum explosions maximum laser bolts come on let us yeah. do this please yeah and it's interesting <laughs> it i just like think I, it just doesn't it's not interesting for enough time for me um, oh, yeah i, I, I totally get that. i will say one thing i love about this list this list is beautiful just because of one thing both of us have the deserter at number one which is beautiful um i i i i, I, I gotta love that um, should we get on to the next part um, of our review of season um, two? Yeah, let's do it. Best episode and moment. Well, let's let's do both. Best episode and moment. Um, so you know, it both of us is the same for best episode and moment. Not moment, not moment. Sorry, just for best episode. Both of us are the same. Yeah. It's the deserter. Yeah, Go ahead absolutely. first for you, because I want to hear your opinion about why this episode is 
Okay. Eli, you have turned me into a disciple of the deserter. You had so many good things to say about it when we were reviewing it, and I was just like, man, this makes so much sense now. Like, maybe I didn't get this episode before, but now, oh boy, it is it is a classic. I uh, I, I just love this one. Um, I, I really think it does a good job, as you say, of like portraying the the narrative of choice and loyalty, and there's just so much there. Um, and and again, you get another really suspenseful uh battle. So it's no it's not exactly um it's not exactly short on action. But I think it makes it a really uh, a really balanced episode to me. Yeah. It, it just is it's perfectly well balanced. And even though it takes place within the context of grievous intrigue, I feel like it you could serve it could be served just as well by cutting out the beginning and end and just making it about from a the moment Rex gets episode. sniped. Yeah. Yeah, it could be just from the moment Rex gets sniped I think to the moment that they the rejoin the group and leave the farm. Yeah. I'm pretty and, and sure it could be just as much an episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I watched it as a standalone for the first time, pretty much. Um I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um it is pretty much a standalone. I was to me. listening to a recent episode of A Large View of the Force. Um constantly plug those people. Um Force. <laughs> great. Um but uh former guest of this show, um and former guest of that show, Meg Dowell was on um, and she was talking about her obsession with the Rebels episode, Trials of the Dark Saber. She's like, there's few things I think of in Star Wars as much as Trials of the Dark Saber and the Dark Saber and Sabine. And I'm like, with me, there are two things I I think of the most in Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker and the Deserter. I've converted you on one. I'm going to try and do the other soon. Um, I'm joking, mostly. Um, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, those two things, Rise of Skywalker and The Deserter, I just keep finding new things in both of them. Uh, it's magical for me. Um, yeah, I've always had a huge attachment to The Deserter as an episode because, again, if you, uh, you want to know the full reasons, uh, check out A Lesson of Choice, episode 42 of Star Wars and the Galaxy, where I rant about it for a lot. Um, but it's... It's... An option that I never even considered, because you don't consider it, because you're not, because you, because you are in these clones' heads as much as they are in them. You don't consider the fact of a clone leaving the army. No, that's not what they do. They don't leave the yeah. army. That's that's not that's not an option until it is an option. Um, roughly, very briefly, that is why the Zerter is my favorite episode of the uh, of the Clone Wars in general, but season two. Um, yeah. What's your favorite moment from this season? It does not have to be from the deserter. It can be from anything this season. What was your favorite moment? Or I guess I'll hear you in a minute. My favorite moment has got to be, I think it's going to be, I'm going to say it. It's gonna be, it was always going to be from the deserter for me. But my favorite moment this season was the name conversation that Cut and Rex have. Mm, yeah. The entire conversation around that dinner table before they go place a box, that is beautiful. That is like just pure Star Wars right there. I mean, if Dave Filoni just did that one thing, he would be a badass. <laughs> yeah. You know. Absolutely. Um my favorite moment would have to be at the end of Voyage of Temptation. When No, or maybe no, it's at the end of um no, it must be at the end of Duchess of Mandalore when uh, Duchess Satine is getting back on her ship and she's leaving and she and Obi-Wan have to part ways again. And they've kind of had this, this really interesting 
um, a deep but also very tumultuous reunion. And that for me is just a great moment. It's so kind of emotionally charged, but also fraught between the two of them. How like the spark has kind of been reignited, but they're both so committed to their causes that they can't be together. And and then they see that um that you know they they maybe they've lost some respect for each other. There's just so much swirling emotion there. It's like a it's like they're at the eye of this giant hurricane of feelings. It's it's just awesome the way. Yeah, I, I could go on about about what um what's in that moment, but I think we've we discussed that with um we discussed that with uh, the indomitable Maggie Lovett in our previous episode. So I'm just gonna you know I'm I'm gonna leave it there. You know, it's a yeah. it's a great moment though. It's a very good um. And, and it leaves you wanting more and looking towards the future. Absolutely. Which I love as well. Mm-hmm. So um, what do we have next on our Worst moment and worst episode. We'll do worst episode first. Um, you okay. discussed why Bounty Hunters fell flat um, for you. So yeah, I discussed why Bounty Hunters yeah. fell flat, but yeah, I don't um, like Bounty Hunters. <laughs> brain Invaders, simple reason for me. I am a, I'm very sensitive with scary things. And... Watching that episode would make me throw up in my mouth. I'm sorry, it just would. Uh, I can't do it. I. That's fair, you know. It, you it gotta. Does, it. I'm. You just you gotta know yourself. Yeah, I'm. I'm very squeamish, so it. I can't watch the episode with a straight face. Um. So. Um. Yeah, let's get on to worst moment. If you need to think of one, Jacob, I got one. Oh uh, yeah, you can. Okay. Say yours first. Yeah. My least favorite moment, my worst moment, is from the episode Senate Spy. It's the it's when Rush Clovis keeps trying to kiss Padme in the um in the ship, but then Anakin shakes him off. That moment is so incredibly cringy to me. First of all, it's borderline sexual harassment. Sorry, it is sexual harassment. Um and Anakin's almost comedic you know, shaking the ship is just like, really? Do we have to be doing this right now? I understand there. I know. I understand he's in love with um Pad with Padme, and I understand Anakin's jealous. But do we really have to do it this way? Does it have to be this blatantly obvious? Yeah, and I think to me, I got almost as many bad vibes. Like, I mean, I got almost as many bad vibes from Anakin's kind of almost comical levels of like over possessiveness. Yeah. yeah, just like how possessive he was, as I did from Rush Clovis's just kind of can't take a hint, can't take no for an answer, coming on way too strong. Yeah, I'm, I, it, so just, it was just a sandwich of just, ugh, why? Yeah. Worst moment for me, I think, that's a good question. Um, I think season two for me was kind of a, um, um, a season where there weren't too many highs, but also there weren't too many lows. But I might have to say the moment when Obi-Wan is talking to a Doogie and the other bounty hunters in Bounty Hunters. Just, <laughs> she just gets so much wrong about the Jedi and he just does nothing to correct her. Um, that's just a... Uh, I, I just... I don't like that. It makes me sad. Okay. Yeah, I get sad. it. I get it. Um, okay. Let's move on. Best character parenthesis S and worst character parenthesis S. Um, I'm going to wager the, the best character this season. Yeah, you heard me. The best character this season is Cut Freaking Laquane. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised. I would um, say that I uh, I would be inclined to agree. I had cut on my uh, on my list. I created quite a few best characters because I wouldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't really decide because I think much more so than season one, this felt like a, a a season that was kind of carried by the ensemble rather than by any one or two characters or any relationship yeah. between a couple characters. So with that in mind, I think I really liked Ahsoka. I think. If, if I had to pick any one character, I think even more so than um, than Anakin or Obi-Wan this season, it felt like Ahsoka was kind of the the thread that connected so many of these episodes together, you know? She had her moments in the Geonosis arc, lightsaber lost, uh, the, the holocron heist arc, um, uh, last week's episode as well, and um, the Boba Fett arc, you know? So I think that she just was... She just was uh, all over, and she just kept popping up, but I really liked that. Yeah. Um, Plo Koon also, I really liked this season. Kara Sainube only appeared in one episode, but I uh, so I got an cut. absolute kick. So did cut. Yeah, I know. I got an absolute kick out of him. Um, I'd agree with I you with Rex, yeah. Yeah, Rex then cut, obviously. Um, and Satine, for me. I really liked Satine. I think maybe Satine. she and Ahsoka, actually, are my picks for this I season. I think Cut and Kara are my picks actually cut and tara and they both had yeah, one episode to make an impact and they both made such an and impact. Then, i know did it purposely i like satine because she's such a obviously like her and obi-wan and just her for the sake of her as an interesting character but she is does her job so well and part of that job is like just completely being an ideological foil to the jedi but one that does not bend or break and we see that with Obi-Wan, how she she remains firm in her beliefs, even though the Jedi are saying something else. And so many people, I think, in the Republic kind of like, oh, the Jedi, well, you know, it is what it is, you know. Um, the Jedi themselves do that. And so I don't agree with everything she says, or almost any of what she says, as a matter of fact. But I, I admire how she sticks to her guns, and I admire how she presents such a convincing counterpoint to the Obi-Wan kind of reluctant warrior point of view and kind of pokes some holes in that, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, worst character, parenthesis, yes, I got one if you... I go for it, you go ahead. Banamu. I love the episode, Banamu. Who was Banamu again? He was the original guy who stole Ahsoka's lightsaber. Who is probably racist. It just felt like kind of, oh, he isn't a... Like, it just felt like a caricature kind of yeah like, it was it was it was it just wasn't very interesting it made me very uncomfortable and i'm like really dude yeah banamu for me for me again i'm gonna have a couple picks because i don't think there was any one character that stuck out like a sore thumb but i'm gonna have to go with grievous free Vizla, and karina the great as my picks for the worst. oh grievous, geez wasted potential we never got to see him go 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 hard you know i wanted to i didn't want him to like he ran away from obi-wan he Ugh. he ran away in grievous century like we needed we need more badass clone wars 2003 grievous maybe not that level of just sheer overpoweredness of grievous in the clone wars maybe we don't need that but what we do need is we need some like a strong grievous like we need we need some we need to see why grievous is so feared and that's just something we totally don't get in this season i was let down by that similarly I was let down by Karina the Great 
I think the reveal, the buildup, it was all awesome. But once she starts talking, you're just like, man, what? Why is she? What? How does she know English? Why is she talking with this Rasmus? It didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. Um, and of course, uh, Free Vizsla. Um, it, it was supposed to be a big reveal that um that he was the Death Watch leader again. Just totally undercooked. It didn't come off. It wasn't. It wasn't a surprise. Kind of, we all kind of saw it coming, you know. Karina's whatever not... for me, but Grievous and Vizsla really hurt me, honestly. <laughs> um, I will make this argument for you. This is a hot. This is a hot take. This is a flaming hot take. Grievous intrigue is the best episode of the Clone Wars for Grievous, in my opinion. I I could see that honestly. I I, I, I know he's not a badass. Bad he needs to be a badass. I do agree with you, but I think that. That episode explores his mindset more than any other episode in the Clone Wars, and I really appreciate that. Vizsla, oh, I will yeah. always have a soft spot for that. Um, for generations, my ancestors uh, fought proudly as warriors against the Jedi. That speech is just so good. Um, and, I don't know, I, I freaking love Favreau and Vizsla and all that stuff, so I disagree with those. But I can see where you're coming from with both of them. Yeah. Um, coolest great. new thing you've noticed from the rewatch. You want to go first with this one? Sure. I was thinking about this. I really like how different this season feels compared to season one. Season one often to me felt like, okay, we're going to go to this planet. We're going to do this. We're going to fight this battle here. We're going to leave. We're going to learn something. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Um, season two is like, yeah, there's battles, but there's also politics. There's also a Godzilla arc. There's also Boba Fett. There's also... Um, you know, Mandalorians who are Mandalorians. Well, we'll just make up who Mandalorians are now. Um, there's heartfelt episodes. There's political episodes, as I mentioned. There's suspenseful episodes. There's a little bit of everything in this season as uh, compared to season one, which is why I think it's a little bit more cohesive as a season. Yeah. You know, one thing that I really felt and carried through this episode and, and or carried through the season and made it great was the sense of the building sense of urgency and, and not necessarily political or military, but kind of a moral urgency to figure out what the hell is going on. How have we let ourselves come to this point? And just this sense of mourning in the little moments, like mourning what the galaxy has kind of become. You know, um, I think the theme of, of losing your way and being blinded by your ideology or, or by whatever throughout all the episodes really kind of ties it together. Um, you know, we see that in Deserter. We see that in um, the Geonosis episodes. We see that in the, uh, oh gosh, the um, Losing Their Zillow Way, Beast Jacob? episodes. Pardon? Losing Your Way, Jacob? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we see it. We see it so much. And I just, um, the Mandalore episodes, obviously, you know, um, Satita and Obi-Wan so so worried about losing each other but then also losing their morals and losing their ideology and losing their respect to themselves I just think that, that was something that just came up over and over again and I think really what I'm getting from this is the idea of like how do you keep your identity and your your values intact in such a difficult time and I really see now like how much moral injury there is coming out of that and it's really kind of 
it's really kind of heartbreaking. There's a quote from Lair of Grievous, the end of Lair of Grievous in season one. In this war, a danger there is of losing who we are. I think everyone kind of, ever, ever, we, everyone has that in season two. Yeah, season two. You know. Uh, Voyage of Temptation, the sarcasm of a soldier, the delusion of a dreamer. Yeah, um, right there. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, very profound. Yeah, I definitely agree. Favorite planet. I'm gonna cheat a little bit here, um, if I if I may. Alright, go right ahead. My favorite planet's not a planet; it's a moon, and that is the Ooh. moon of Concordia. I love the Mandalore plot sequences on Concordia are brilliant, and I love all that stuff, and that's why Concordia is my pick. Yeah, for me, I am going to have to go with. Geonosis. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were I know, do that. You, I know you just said you're tired of Geonosis, but you know, I love the starkness of it from an aesthetic perspective. It's the perfect place for this massive showdown because it feels just like a crucible. Like there's no distractions. It's just the battlefield. It's just yeah, looking it. death in the eye, as we said in last week's episode. And, and but I think beyond that, also, I really liked it in terms of what we saw of the Geonosians and just the promise that that brought um, like later on in terms of like the Dr. A for comics and the, the egg laying and just, and I feel like it lays the groundworks for a lot of really, really interesting and underrated material. So I appreciate it for that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, we're adding a new sequence to Star Wars and a Galaxy Retrospective episodes. Um, Jacob and I have the season three of Star Wars The Clone Wars episodes pulled up right now. Um, I'm asking Jacob, and I'm going to do this myself, to go through the episodes and tell um, one of us, um, both of us are going to tell which episodes also include hostage crisis and Senate murders in this, because those are season three episodes, we're most excited about. Um, you want me to go first? All right. Yeah, you go for it. What do you, what are you, what are you excited for? I'm very excited for um, the episode Monster. I've, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about Monster. That episode is an interesting episode, and it's a fascinating one. It's something we've never seen in the Clone Wars. And Monster is my pick for episode I'm most looking forward to next season. Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. Uh, the stories get kicked up another notch, you know, the animation, it being all tied together, leading up to Revenge of the Sith, obviously, although that is still very far off. I am super, super hyped and pumped for uh, the Witches of the Mist, for the Night Sisters to kind of be brought in. I I love the Night Sisters. I, I think they're fascinating and, and very misunderstood. Um, so Jacob, also very excited for the uh, the Citadel as well. So Jacob and I are both very excited for Night Sister stuff next season. It's going to be a fun season, season six of Star Wars yes. in the Galaxy. Um, yeah. In the meantime, we're going to get to everyone's favorite part of Star Wars in the Galaxy. You know it. You love it. It's one quarter portion. On this week's episode, we're talking. It's a long story. The one quarter portion segment where we um where we 
explain Star Wars badly to each other and have people have each other guess. Jacob, do you have yours? Yes. Okay. I have mine. So I got I got to give you a hint first. Mine is actually a book. So keep that in mind because I don't know. Mine if I've is two actually. Oh wow! Okay. All right. A prodigal outsider is forced to choose between loyalty to his old university that he still loves despite getting kicked out, or his demanding and mysterious new boss. Thrawn. Which which Thrawn? One. Thrawn one. Oh no. It's Thrawn Treason. Oh, interesting. It's Thrawn Treason. Interesting. Yes, I thought you were talking about hmm. Vanto. Um Oh, oh. Yeah. it could have been Vanto. Yeah. In one, okay, interesting, good one. Um, uh, you got me tricked there. Okay, this is a very, very, very um, vague one, so I can give you a little bit more detail if you need. After a ship explodes, people rally around a different ship for inspiration. Actually, let me clear that up a little bit. I'm gonna add one yeah, phrase to help you out a little bit. After a ship explodes, people across the ship? galaxy. Rally around a different ship for inspiration. Ooh, man. Um, is this going to be... A ship explodes. People rally around a different... And it's a book. It is a book. It's a book. Oh, man. Can you give me what time period? Maybe I'm kind of lost. I cannot give you the time period. It may not have been a book I read. Can I give me the time period? Okay. Oh, man. Is it Aftermath? It is not Aftermath. Is it one of the original Thrawn books? It is not one of the... It is a canon book. It is a canon book. Is it... Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think I know. I might have to wave, wave the white flag on this one. I'm, I'm sorry. I got mine wrong. Don't worry about it. What is it? Light of the Jedi. Oh no! I haven't read *Light of the Jedi*. Oh, my I, gosh, haven't I haven't read it. Read it. I haven't completed it Man, either. But I gotta, I gotta read it now. But um, but y now you see why I couldn't reveal the time period, Jacob. Now you see why I couldn't reveal the time period. Yeah, yeah, I see. Oh yeah, I, I totally see why now. Yeah, I get it now. Because if I said it was in the High Republic period, that would have narrowed your options down quite a bit. Um, okay. Yeah, next week, next week we are going to be launching straight into season six of Star Wars in a Galaxy. We got two brand spanking new episodes to watch from season three of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Those episodes are Arc Troopers and Sphere of Influence. Until then, make sure to um, follow us on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod. Instagram at Star Wars in the Galaxy. You can check our um, podcast out. You can listen to us. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, we will be there. Um, right. Um, you can email us at swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Leave a review and five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you can. It really does help. Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening to Season 5 of Star Wars in the Galaxy. We've had... A great time doing it. And we got some really exciting stuff planned for um, Season 6. I think until then, uh, may the Force be with you. 
always.